Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Unapologetic Women Empowerment Dynasty and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women Podcast, the show for women who choose to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited and unapologetic. If this is a space you are curious about, visit unapologetic-women.com. Today, we're talking about failure and thoughts with Anke Hermann. Anke is an online tech expert, coach, author of Taming the Tech Monster, and host of the Passion Business Podcast. She started her entrepreneurial journey in 2004 when she quit her software developer career in the UK, moved to Spain, and started a sewing business. It felt like riding a wild elephant until she realized that building a business really is a creative process, the same as sewing a dress or developing software, a magical mix of vision, skill and soul. She now uses everything she's learned about tech, teaching, psychology and business to guide coaches and educators from big idea to sold out online office so that they can focus on taking care of the clients they're here to serve. Thanks for joining us. This is going to be a great conversation with Anke. <laughs> so this is really cool, right? Because we are playing in the unapologetic initiative space. And so we already have weird and wonderful conversations. And one of the fascinating things for me about you specifically, Anke, is on the one hand, you are as wild, crazy, inquisitive, weird as what I am and how my thought process works and then there's this other really analytical progressive linear kind of side of your brain that is ticking over and that comes through in your work as well and I find this combination so refreshing in women um, and so delightful and really challenging for me a lot of the times because I'm like how how do you do it how do you do the flow and then that no like the straight and narrow baby so thank you so much for coming on to today's podcast it's been a while since i've been wanting you on so thanks for being here i'm really excited i, I just can't wait where this is gonna go <laughs> <laughs> me neither because this could go anywhere <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start the same space where I start with every single woman, because I feel like this is the foundational piece that has been fundamental to my personal growth and transformation. What does it mean to you to be an unapologetic woman? The unapologetic, I think the word unapologetic it's almost to me, it kind of says exactly what's like what's on the tin. <laughs> you know, it's that sense of giving myself permission more than anything, giving myself permission to just be who the heck I am without sugarcoating anything, without making anything sound nicer <laughs> than it is, right? And without making myself. I don't know. It goes both ways. Like it's neither trying to appear something that I'm not really or trying to dumb myself down to not intimidate somebody else, like any of this. And I, I'm, it's, I think it's one of those beautiful things that seem to get easier and easier with age. You know, like when you're 20, you have, you're so worried about will some guy like you or what will that mean for your career, you know, and it's now that 
beautiful space of I don't care. (laughs) I really don't care, you know, because I think the more, and I've also seen the beauty of it, because the more you allow yourself to just be yourself, the more your people can feel you, right? You all of a sudden have, have these magical connections with people that you never knew existed, right? So from that point of view, but the unapologetic element of it is to just no longer, and no longer I say, because I think as women are often brought up with this, you know, you've got to be Mrs. Nice Girl. And I was like totally Mrs. Mrs. Yes, this default answer, Mrs. Too Nice for <laughs> our own good kind of girl. And so it has been an evolution to go, oh, you don't like what I'm saying? I don't care. <laughs> so it's it's been an evolution, but it's very refreshing. And it's almost like, yeah, you know, I can't myself, can't see myself ever going back into the box. And I want to pick up on the word sugarcoating and nice girl, because those are kind of things that I've really struggled with my entire life. What I mean by this is, there's this perception that I've always had that in order for me to be a good person, I had to be a good girl. For me to be a good girl, I had to be sweet, right? The sugar coating part. But the internal struggle that I had was I didn't like sweets. Like I didn't really, when I met sweet people and especially sweet women, I could only take them in small bits and then it would be like too many spoons of sugar in my coffee it would just become too sweet for me did you ever have that experience and why do you think that we have this sweet mold almost that society wants to put us in That's interesting. I haven't had that experience with the sweetness per se, because I do like sweets <laughs> and I don't, I don't, you know, and for me, it's like what, what this brings up more is meeting or not disappointing people that matter to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's about meeting and exceeding expectations, not letting anybody down, you know, not so much, you know, and that would include, you know, yeah anger outbursts Ooh, you know that would definitely be confronting um disappointing you know so it kind of was more in that if somebody asks something well yeah oh yes you know it's always trying to be as accommodating as possible and i think a lot of it yeah i i don't know i've 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 gotten to see that a lot of these things i picked up from my grandma right so it's kind of all her trauma stuff you know that i'm looking back i'm like oh my god you know as a small child and i grew up with my grandparents for the first two years so she was my main kind of you know person and so it was kind of it's not surprising that i would have picked up all her stuff but boy you know all that overly being worried about because at the end of the day underneath it all is a sense of not being safe right I have to behave or I you know I feel I have to behave a certain way I have to fit in not cause trouble Uh, you know like yeah not disappoint exceed expectations to almost like deserve my spot at the table right and I think looking back you always think well yeah that's just little uncle making this stuff up you know, but still it runs the show, you know, until you see it. 
that is fascinating to me because my grandmother, and I've never thought of this before until you've just said it. I was having a conversation with my partner the other day of what it means for me to be a high achiever and having to always exceed expectations, be the best, do the best, work hard, deserving of everything, not being worthy of what I desire just for the sake of who I am. I have to actually work for it. And my grandmother, now that you say it, played such a pivotal role in that. She was a very, um, she was a hard woman. She was a hard woman in terms of there was no nonsense, like no nonsense were tolerated in her space. This is the way that things were done and everything was done really precisely. She was a school teacher by trade. Um, her, you know, my grandfather was a high ranking police officer. So there was that image, that whole thing that, that had to be um, brought forward. And we clashed a lot. Like we, my grandmother, and I had this fascinating battle of the wolves, even as a teeny <laughs> tiny little girl. And for me, that's where my pressure came from. It wasn't from my mother or my father. It was this idea that I had to exceed my grandmother's expectations of me because she held the highest bar. And when mm. I look back on it now, I can have so much compassion for who she was as a woman because I think we forget the times that they lived in as young women, which formed their character. She lived through the world wars. And so isn't it interesting how so much of what we were conditioned with weren't necessarily from our parents' generation, but from our grandparents' generation coming out of the trauma of the era that they lived in. Yeah, totally, totally. I think it's, I mean, the first time I heard the term intergenerational trauma, I didn't really like play war, you know, but when you look at it through that lens, you know, there are so many things that can be explained with what happened to them you know and say like it's 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 funny because my grandma was almost the opposite like she was like this little you know when she was when she felt she had no pressure so she could be herself she was like sparkly bubbly you know bright and you know like the little like very social like what on with everybody like this little like sort of live off the party right but there was always like you know, like there was always this something that kind of made her shrink back and be almost this little mouse, you know? And when you look, but when you look at what her life and like, well, it's not surprising. I don't know how you did as well as you did because she was, but you know, that's the thing, that generation, they went through two wars, right? She was born at the end of the first world war. So her dad never came back and her mother died when she was 10. Right. So then she was kind of passed on to some uncle. They had her as the maid. So she was like the maid for the five cousins already at 10 years old. Ooh, I'm tolerated. I have to, you know, and she would always say, you have to just swallow it. You know, no surprise. She died of stomach cancer. Right. Everything. Her way of dealing with things was, oh, you just have to swallow it. She never felt she was in a position that she could stand up because she was an orphan which in her mind at the time who you know it was like that was 
you know, there was a stain on her, you know, that devalued her as a person, right? So that was that's how she grew up. Then she then she got she got married. That's actually quite a funny situation. It was a, it's a funny story in like not for her at the time, right? So she met this, she 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 was a hat maker, right? So she worked in this big department store, met this guy, and you know, and she always spoke really, really highly of him. And he was this artist, and you know, they always had like a painting of him. And so they got married, and she always told this funny story about the, the wedding night that they kind of crashed the bed, but nothing really happened, kind of thing, right? <laughs> well, he went off to the to the Second World War, didn't come back, like was literally after four weeks that was over. Like she got noticed that she was now a widow, uh, which was another kind of manco, another stamp on her, you know, on her sheet of value, what she perceived. So that was another thing that kind of reduced her value. And then she found out the guy was gay. Right. And that was like, on top of it, more embarrassing still. Right. So when she met my grandpa, she really felt she was, well, she was kind of lucky that he even paid attention to her. You know, she did not have any self-worth. So obviously nobody encouraged it. You know, she said she, she got beaten for reading. You know, there's always a chore to do. What are you wasting time reading a book? That kind of stuff. So it's kind of not surprising how she would have grown up believing that, oh, better you keep the ball low. You just kind of, you know, swallow it because you just have to keep the peace. You know, that whole keep the peace, also that whole worrying about all the things that could potentially go wrong, you know, and I grew up, I was like this super fearful kid, you know, I was like, there's so many, I, I learned to ride a horse at 32 in Australia, because I could never before even think of, all I could think of, oh my God, the horse, well, if something happens, this horse, I can fall off and I can break my neck. You know, that would overshadow any idea. Well, yeah, you don't have to fall off. You can actually have fun in the process. Never even entered my mind. So that was my childhood, you know. And I remember I wrote a chapter in a, in, in a, in a book, you know, one of those multi-author books. And it's called Fear and Us. And I wrote about it. And, it's where, and that's where I got to see it. Where I thought, because the editor, then she goes, because I was like explaining that. And then it was about like, okay, well, when I moved to Australia, that kind of sort of, fizzled out and so she goes well wait that's weird like how do I don't perceive you as a fearful person now right what happened you know and that's that got me to think about it and I'm like well yeah what did happen well yeah you know because I with I then moved and lived with my parents and so I had less and less contact with my grandma and I could say you know what that whole fearful oh my god all this can happen that can happen that was never mine to start with. That's why it just kind of fizzled out because it was never mine. And I think so often fears and stuff we have, like so, so often it isn't even ours to begin with. Well, I think all fear is not ours to begin with. All fear is conditioned. When we are little kids, we are fearless. Like just look at toddlers before as adults get hold of them and go, oh, no, can't do that. Oh, that's not safe. Oh, don't touch that. Don't get on that. Don't jump off that. Like we create fear, mm. not not maliciously. I mean, we, we're doing the best we can, but all fear is conditioned. All fear is not ours to start with. They, you know, we, we learn how to be afraid. We're not born afraid. 
Something I want to touch on, because as I'm listening to you as well, what comes to mind for me is there is a difference between being a confident woman, there was for me, being a confident woman and being an unapologetic woman. When I was younger, when I was in my 20s, I was an exceptionally confident woman. In my 30s, I could fake confidence really well because by then life was happening and, you know, I went into depression and all of those things, but I could still show up in the world as a confident woman. In my 40s, I started the path to becoming an unapologetic woman. And for me, that entailed coming home to self, for me to realize that I wasn't loving myself, that I wasn't appreciating myself, that I wasn't respecting myself. I was still putting everybody else in front of me because I had a story going. I needed these people in my life in order for me to belong, in order for me to be safe, in order for me to be a worthy member of society. How do you experience the difference between being a confident woman and being an unapologetic woman? Mm, that's a beautiful differentiation. It's, yeah, it's something I never even thought about it. But what comes to mind is that, you know, just like you're saying that the, the, the need to even feel or appear confident just drops away. Because we're never all the time confident. I can be really confident about some things and not confident about other things. And I can be super confident one day and not confident the next. So it's just really where your mind is at in that very moment, right? So I think to see through the, you know, the fickleness of, of confidence, right? That it doesn't really matter. And, and so it's still like if you, if it matters, to feel confident or to at least appear it on the outside, it's still because you somehow think that this is what other people expect of you, right? So for me, unapologetic is being able to say, well, look, I'm feeling like shit right now, right? I'm not feeling confident at all. And not be even worried about trying to fake it, you know? It's so funny because this weekend I was having a conversation and um, I was saying, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to ask that yet. I'm, I'm feeling too shy. And uh, my partner made the joke and goes, oh, where's the unapologetic woman? I go, well, I'm unapologetically shy. And he just started laughing. And I feel like that is something, it's almost as though we are preached that we all have to aim to be functioning on a certain level and on that level we're all confident we're all badass we're certain we're creative every day we're happy every day we like we're only on the good the positive the uplifting the high vibe the joyful scale of emotions and anything else is almost like a no 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 you have work to do to not feel that anymore and i think that's bullshit because when that's we start bullshit, understanding totally. All emotions is just feedback for us. All emotions are good. If we start only being Miss Happy Sunshine every single day and never feel afraid, never feel sad, never feel pissed or frustrated, like all the, the other things which good girls aren't supposed to feel and express, we're actually robbing people of a rich life 
by preaching the positive side of the emotions. Oh, I could not, I could not agree more. You know, the image that, that always pops to mind and, and, you know, when you, you've got positive emotions, you've got, you know, it's the wave of energy. You just can't cop, you can't cut the bottom half out. Like we go through, you know, whatever, you know, like whatever's on our mind at the time, whether we know it or not, like that translates into what we're feeling. And we're going to feel like shit one day and we're going to feel great the next minute. And then something or nothing happens and things shift. And I think the, 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 the unapologetic part and the freedom, the relief that comes to just be okay with that. Right to just go, oh yeah, you know, you can look at an energy wave, goes up and down, right? It's just sometimes different frequencies. Sometimes you go like really high up and really low down, and sometimes it's a little bit more mellow, but always go up and down, you know, and just knowing that and knowing also how it's transient, right? You cannot hang on to a particular state of mind for a long period of time. Try it. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't. And and just to know that and to go well okay that means like the individual moment of feeling something intense be it positive or negative it doesn't matter that much right and so it doesn't like oh my god that means now that i'm this and i'm that no it's just like i just have a shitty thought right now <laughs> you know and and that is like incredibly yeah liberating. what if we dropped all the labels that we are given when we we're feeling something and just go no 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 labels it's just an emotion i kind of wonder sometimes how different people would experience life if they stop taking on well-meaning labels <laughs> that the experts give them to make sense yes. of society and human behavior and just go no 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 let's go back to the drawing board people and just go what are you feeling at the moment and what's the story in your head that's going on that actually is creating this emotion within you? And just sit with that and sit with every emotion of it's just an emotion. It's not yeah. a disease. It's not a problem. And it's not a bloody label. Oh, and I think on top of that, it's not an accurate indication for how you're doing in the world. Right. Because it's like you can feel and I got to see that I got to see that really clearly in, in my sewing business. Right. <laughs> you know, where you have to be creative on on deadline and command kind of thing, you know. So you get moments where you feel, oh, my God, I feel so inspired right? <laughs> and total creative flow. And, you know, and with that, you know, obviously you kind of enjoy the, the, the doing of it. But then sometimes it works out amazing. And sometimes it goes, oh, well. You know, we can tweak it a bit, right? And sometimes you start out, oh boy, I just couldn't be asked. I really don't feel it, right? And then you sometimes start and then you get into the groove and you get into flow and then it works out great or it works out okay. And sometimes you have a shitty day and you kind of can't get into it and you grumble through the whole damn thing. And in the end, it works out great or it, like there is no relationship between whether you feel great results for or if I feel not confident that means I have uh, I'm crap at it you can be a master at something and still have your moments when you don't feel confident there is just no relation to it it's almost like this you know that image with the glasses you know when you say well you just wear certain color glasses 
Like, and if you wear brown glasses, everything's gonna look like shit. Doesn't matter what you look like, look, look at, right? So now the good news is you can change your glasses. And I think the only thing that I've learned to do or not do when I'm having one of those, like, oh, you know, like everything looks like I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I thought or going where I thought, or like, you know, when you have these moments, okay, just don't make any important decisions right now. You know, I'm wearing shit colored glasses, so this is not the time to make a good decision. You know, I'm just going to wait for it. And the, and the less I hang on to that, the less I think, oh, well, but I'm feeling so low. This must mean something that I'm not really that good or that this is, you know, or so-and-so doesn't love me or whatever I might, like the longer I carry on, the longer that state, you know, if I'm going, oh, well, you know, I'm a bit of a shit state today. Well, let's go out with a dog and not make any decisions. And you'll find this shifts really quickly, you know. Very freeing for me was the realization that every thought is just a thought and every belief is just a thought that I keep on repeating to myself and creating evidence along the way. When I became unattached to my beliefs and unattached to my thoughts, I started having fun with myself because sometimes I will pay attention to my thoughts and I go, well, that's an interesting thought you're having there, Al. How's that making you feel? How's it working out for you, chica? Do you want to continue? And I go, yes, I want to continue thinking this because I'm right, damn it. And the universe needs to know this. And I need to explain this to everybody else. And I'll go into a real like tantrum, like a toddler tantrum. And I'm good with that because I think it's fucking funny. I think it's oh, hilarious it is. when I do that. And so I can I can laugh at myself and have humor with myself and be human in the process yeah but, but it's still like a bit like watching a movie like you can get yes. really immersed you know but you still like you still know it's a movie right so you yes. still don't get eaten up by it you don't get eaten up by it <laughs> i love that you don't get eaten up by your thoughts mm. and we don't die from our emotions like we can't fuck this up. Like if, I could, if there's one message I wish people would really get is that they can't get this wrong. They can't screw this up. They can relax and have more fun with the journey. <laughs> and totally, it seems totally. really hard for people. While you were talking about, you know, the, the whole every single day, one of the things I love about cycling is it keeps me really humble. <laughs> and I loved watching the Tour de France and seeing the best of the best in the world crash and the best and the best in the world win one day and lose another day. And understanding that all days are not created equal. You can train every day. You can practice your craft every single day. And sometimes it will feel amazing and some days it will feel like crap. And some days it will look spectacular and other days it will look like a spectacular crash. <laughs> you know, that let us not define ourselves by the moment and allow the moments to be the moments. Totally, totally. I always say that, you know, like <laughs> it's failure, like failure doesn't even, failure does not exist. You know, I always say, you know, you've just, you've just chosen a shitty spot to, you know, a, a shitty spot to stop and draw a conclusion. 
you know, oh, you no. can just keep going and, and find another spot, right? Because yeah. whatever, so often, especially when you, you see it, when, when somebody creates something, like, you know, and I mean, obviously, the, 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 like when people try and build a business where, where, they, when no, where there is no instruction manual, really, right? So there is that quite often, oh, I've tried this thing and it didn't work, so I failed. No, you didn't. Because most of the time, you find that this screw up, actually, that was the thing that got you to meet somebody or it got you to, well, oh, actually, this doesn't look like, what about this? It, it's, it's kind of almost like walking to a corner so that you can see what's behind the corner. So it's actually just a stepping stone. If you now stay there and say, oh, my God, I failed, well, then good luck with that. Right? Or you could say, well, it's a stepping stone. Because if you keep going and if you go and say, well, okay, well, that, that didn't quite work the way I thought, and take the next step, you look back and think, oh, actually, and so often, like, you know how many times I've spoken to people who've survived cancer, who said, oh, the cancer was the best thing ever happened to them. You know, so it wasn't like, oh, my God, that was a tragedy. They were like, oh, no, that was the starting point. That's when their life really started. So what looks like this, you know, screw up turns out i mean that's the thing if you keep walking and don't take it so seriously and think it means something about you i love the time we're living in because i believe it's one of the times where there's um quantum consciousness evolution happening and one of my observations is that language is not keeping up with consciousness at its most evolved side which is one of the reasons i am making up words because the words are not existing and i'm like well, if nobody else has made the word, I'll just create the word and, and start using it and people can feel the vibration of it. I don't believe in empowerment. I believe in rempowerment, um, for instance. I believe it's the evolved version of what people think of as empowerment. And I think, I believe, I hope that in the future, the word failure will not exist as part of human vocabulary because so many people define themselves in the journey and it's not understanding that there, there really is no such thing as failure. I don't care who, what anybody says, it's only feedback on the journey. There is, you're still alive, you're not dead, your journey in this physical realm is not complete yet. And if we can just drop the word failure, which let's be honest here, has so much negative connotation because of schooling because we yeah. all was were made to feel like failures if we even failed a test there was so much shame and humiliation in failure yeah. it said something about you instead of understanding we take action we make decisions and there's feedback feedback in terms of an outcome and then we go awesome I love the outcome I want more of that or now I want something different because that outcome is done or oh, that's not the outcome that I want. What is the next action that I get to take? Every decision is the right decision because it gets you to the next spot for a new decision. Exactly. And if we can just let go of this like, tightness of, oh my God, I have to succeed and I have to achieve my goals and and just kind of go, I, this is a journey. Like, let's have fun. Yeah. I, and I couldn't, I couldn't love this more because you know what I see a lot and it's funny, it's, kind of, it's something that comes up a lot in the realm of tech, right? I didn't even realize. <laughs> but when you sort of start talking to people, it's like, oh, you know, the, 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 the biggest fear people have is 
not doing it right, right? And fear of screwing something up, right? So that, that means they're not going to even tinker because that's the thing. Like if you kind of like, oh my God, I, I only have like one, I have one take, right? It's almost like if you go on a, on a tightrope without a safety net, right? It's that like, oh my God, one false step and I'm dead. Right. Oh, I mean that. That is actually really typical. Uh, you know, that's what it feels like. It's like, oh, you know, what if I'm not getting it right, and I don't have experience, so I don't have confidence because I've never really done it before. So I don't really know, and I don't know what it feels like. So I'm like, then you really hesitate to take a step if you see like a big valley underneath there, where you know like the tiniest mistake and you're <laughs> you're you're done. You know, you can imagine like, yeah, you're not going to move at all. If you if you at all if you can avoid it right but then most of the time when you look at it well no this isn't a tightrope that's a chalk line on the bloody floor right and and because if you know well in the tech brand what could happen well maybe you screw up the page you just built or maybe somebody gets an email that they shouldn't have gotten well okay right nobody dies not a big deal you know so but then you at least you have a chance of learning but if you kind of in this but so often people know oh, but, but, but I, I, I want to get it I, I have to get it right right so and they don't allow themselves those oh Jesus that's not quite how I thought it would go <laughs> you know they don't they don't allow themselves those learning experiences that that's the stuff you don't forget right you know when you've worked for hours on this document and you wiped it out <laughs> that's oh, when you don't day, still friend. you know, day. You know? <laughs> You know, but it's like if we don't allow ourselves to make those learning experiences, then then we create like a tiny fraction of what we could be creating. I feel like that's the blessing of being an entrepreneur. And, you know, we talked in the meeting about I see business as have evolved into three pillars. There is the corporate realm and then there's the self-employed realm and then there's the true entrepreneurial realm and the self-employed realm. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a new realm that has developed. And it's the people who want to do the business in the box. Just give me the template. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it, which is fantastic. And it's great because it gets them out of corporate if that's not where they desire to be. But being a true entrepreneur, it is about the tinkering. It is about the experimentation. It is about being unattached to any one single thing. Because when we get it right, we want the next thing anyway, because we get bored when it's right. It's like, okay, well, okay, did that, got the t-shirt, what's next? Like, I need to create all of the time. And it's, a, it's fun for me to play in this realm because I have built and burnt and built and burnt and built and burnt over the last 25 years in business realm. Because for me, it's never been about now I get the whole thing. It's always been about what do I get to create next? And using tech has been part of that for me. I use tech for a little while and then I go, oh, okay, well, what else can work in this place? To the point where I've almost come full circle now and go, oh, no, actually, I don't want any of that. <laughs> I want old school. I want human to human. I want one-on-one. -on -one. And it's- But okay see, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, but but you're not like, you know, it's like a this whole process, because this is how this works. Like it's this evolutionary process. Now, the thing is, when you first start out, started out, maybe thinking, oh, shit, this tech stuff, I don't know, I, I, I'll do just, you know, that's one thing. 
then you've tried it out and you think, well, it's good for that. It doesn't really, it takes maybe some intimacy out of it. I much, you know, now you come around to it, but this is, this is like one of you iterations on the spiral. Yes. That's not the same way. That's not the same place. Now it's more, a much more conscious decision, mm. right? So you know what the tools do and you know what that creates and you know what you want to create and you choose to only use certain tools or use no tools at all, whatever, because you value, let's just imagine, like, I don't know whether that's the reason why when you say, okay, if it's low tech, then it's more personal, more intimate. And that is more valuable than the efficiency that the tools give, but that's a conscious decision. And that's yeah. not, you know, I always say, it's like, make, you can you can say no to anything, but it needs to be a conscious decision and not, not fear-based. You know how people, oh, I just outsource tech, because it's like, you know, it sounds so grown up. Oh, I just give, when it's actually fear-based, when you're just scared to deal with it and you're just scared to learn enough so that you can even be the person that you can even find somebody useful to outsource to, right? But it's that fear-based that you see that a lot. That's not the same as, oh. okay, I've used the tools, and I've decided not to use them yeah. because, right? And even when I say full circle, it's it's like you say, it's full circle, but on the next layer of the spiral, right? Absolutely. And I, I wanted to first learn how everything worked and I wanted to see, I wanted to get feedback. This is a thing that I feel people are missing out on in life. And we're talking about tech, but let's talk about it as life as well. Life is not supposed to be learned in a book. Life is supposed to be learned through life experience. If we never taste a piece of pizza, how do we know we like or don't like the pizza? And we don't have to judge the pizza. <laughs> it's just somebody <laughs> will like it and somebody won't. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the pizza. The same with tech, the same with everything in life. Why do you think people are so goddamn afraid to live their lives and have the experience and get the feedback for their own personal preference. I mean, I've got my my philosophy on it, but I'd love to get your take on that. I think the only, I mean, the only thing that, you know, would make sense if you trace it back, like if you really, if you think that screwing something up really says something about you, well, then you'd be a lot more hesitant. Like, and if you think, I always come down to like, what you think is at stake. Mm -hmm. It's almost comes back to that tightrope or chalk line on the, on the, on the floor. Right. Because like, I don't know whether we ever talked about this, that like I grew up in East Germany. Right. And I got out before the wall came down. So and that wasn't an easy process. You know, there was no easy legal, oh, we are just, no, 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 no. It's like you either jump the wall and you risk getting shot or you have somebody, some relative on the other side so that you could get a little trip and then don't come back. I didn't have that. Or you basically hand in some paperwork and say, I want to leave. And they go, no, you don't. This thing doesn't exist. And then you're screwed in the country without knowing if you ever get out, how long it's going to take, and you're ruined in the country. So there's no career there, there's no nothing, right? So, and people often say, so, but, but what, you know, and I just didn't think there was much at stake, <laughs> you know? And, and so it's also like, at the time, it was like all I could see, like a, like a kid looking at Christmas. You don't know what you're gonna get, but you somehow expect it to be good. You know, so that was me, 
trying to get out of East Germany. So I thought, well, I don't want to live on this little autopilot little, I did not want to have this little autopilot life. So I'm doing whatever I can to just not have that, you know, and I take whatever it comes, you know, whatever it comes with, I'll, I'm happy to take that, but I want what's on the other side without really knowing what it was, right? But so everything after that, and like, oh my God, you just moved to Australia or you moved to Spain and all these things, you know, it's like, for me, it was like, what's at stake? There's nothing at stake. What's it's the worst like, that can happen? What's the worst thing can happen? And, you know, like literally I moved to Spain. Let's just see what happens was my business plan. Yes. Right. I had this crazy idea. I want to make flamenco costumes. Oh, that sounds fun. I couldn't think like what could what made it impossible? Like, OK, I didn't need to have, you know, a medical degree or anything. It was like, well, all I have to do is find some poor sucker who buy a skirt I made. Right? So there's like I could not find anything that was a showstopper. Right. And I thought, you know what? I just want it out of my system. I didn't even go thinking, oh, I hope this will work out. All I wanted, I wanted it out of my system. I wanted to know. I would say I feel regret way more than failure, you know, because that's, as you say, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I go Spain, Mariana attitude, you know, the stuff that you love when you're on holiday, that might drive you nuts when you live there. You know, the same thing that you love on a holiday, you know, I didn't know whether I was going to like it in Spain. You know, I had no idea whether anybody would want to buy a skirt I made. Who knows? You know, but there's only one way to find out. And I didn't want to go back like 20 years later thinking, oh, yeah, still I'm sitting here. Yeah, no, unemployed now because nobody hires a 50-year-old programmer. Hmm, yeah, I wonder what life in Spain would have been like. That's what I didn't want, yeah. you know? Well, you know what? I, I don't have a business plan. I've never had a business plan. Oh, the horror. But now I do because my business is planned. Let's just see what happens. I'm going to officially, when somebody asks me for a business plan again, I'm going to give them <laughs> that on a page because that has always been my business plan in every business that I've grown. Um, and let's just see what will happen or what can happen is the most juicy, freeing, creative, inspiring way to live. I mean, even this. I, I didn't know how to do a podcast. I was just, oh, let's start a podcast. Let's just see what happens. Podcast created the Unapologetic Women's Initiative, created the magazine. Cre like, who knows what it's going to create next? But let's just see what happens. Allows the universe to surprise and delight us by bringing to us that which we had not thought to plan. <laughs> see, and I think it's actually also... In a way, it's a really humble way to live because it respects the fact, it acknowledges the fact that all the plans are just a whole bunch of assumptions, right? That's where my programmer's mind comes in. It's like, because I initially thought, oh, maybe you need a business plan. So I downloaded a template, right? And I saw all these things and like this, and I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, that's stupid. That makes no sense. I mean, I didn't need to go for finance. Or I didn't need to put something together to convince some bank guy. So it was literally like, that's just a whole bunch of assumptions. Well, how do I know? There is nothing here that, because that's the thing, it's nothing that I can control on my own. Yes. You know, all requires of what other people buy and what other people, well, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to think a minute from now. You know, who am I to think that I could know what other people will think? To all the freaking market research, or we could just create and see if people buy when we make the offer. <laughs> 
I personally yeah. would rather get real life feedback than than research feedback. But that's just me. Listeners, please don't, don't don't kind of all think that we have to do this the same. I'm just saying how I prefer to live my life and create my businesses in the way that brings me the most joy and satisfaction. <laughs> Looking at the time, which has run away with us again, Anka, what do you take an unapologetic stand for in the world? You have to do it your way. Don't just learn create. Don't just learn. That's the name of my group even. Like, don't just learn create, you know? Love that. How do people get hold of you? First of all, who? Who, who do you want to connect with you? Because we're unapologetic on this show. We don't want to invite oh, everybody to... into our space. No, 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 no. I, I think and how? People, who I want to connect with is, you know, mavericks. People like us. People who are tired of the, as I always call it, especially like, okay, I help people with their business, right? And usually they come to me because they think they have a tech problem. <laughs> you know, what looks like a tech problem never is, but we'll find that out later. But the thing is, I, I want to work with people. I connect with people who recognize that building a business is like creating a piece of art, right? So it's a mix of, of a vision, of an idea, combined with some down-to-earth skill, you know, and then a whole bunch of soul in it. And recognizing, well, all these six have proven successful out there, like that's paint by numbers, right? If you want that, I'm not your girl, you know, but if you want to create a piece of art, <laughs> then we should talk, you know, so, and, and it's literally people who roll like that, who don't want to just follow somebody's proven success blueprint thingy. You know, so who are just basically that's why I loved you from the first moment we met, right? Because it's just that, yeah, it's a cre it's a, it's a it's a matter of creation. You know, anybody who feels like creation is the ultimate joy in life, I'd love to connect with. And and that's exactly why I identified these as the women for the initiative. We really don't work with templates. <laughs> we really are the creatives. I think we would break every template if it had to be put in our way because we want to tinker with a template. I do. Every time somebody oh, yeah. gives me a template, I'm like, oh, I'm happy it works for you, but what if we take away this piece or we put that in there? And they go, <laughs> no, no, it's not just that. <laughs> like that. And I go, but this is boring. Like, let's tinker with it. How, how, do, how do the Mavericks connect with you? What's the, what's the best platform for them to get hold of you? Uh, well, I think I would, if somebody thinks they have a tech problem, they can go to tamingthetechmonster.com, get a free copy of my book. It's not technical at all. It's a story. It's, it's, a, it's a fun, quick read. And you get a sense that tech is not a dragon. <laughs> and there's my website as well, ankerherman.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. And I've got a weird name sometimes. Fine. <laughs> darling this has been sensational thank you so much i can't wait it's to always awesome to, to hang out with you oh yeah i know it's i was journaling this morning and i was journaling on every single one of my clients and i was like holy shit i am working with the best clients i've ever worked with because every client is a friend there's mm. no distinction in my life between clients and friends my friends are my clients and my clients are my friends. What a, what a magical life. Like, how, how do how I should be. To all our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope that what you are taking away from this is that you do you, boo. Like, you know, <laughs> like Frankie said, do it your way. 
because this life experience is meant to be experienced based on your personal preferences and your creativity and that is the legacy that we get to live unleashed unlimited and unapologetic until next week have an amazing day further cheers thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from me you can follow me on instagram at the unapologetic woman and on linkedin at l naj and if you're interested in experiencing the unapologetic woman friend work soiree book in for our next open meeting at unapologetic-women.as.me forward slash unapologetic. Thanks again and I'll see you next week.